Hello, and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of March 8th, 2017. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. So, uh, we have slowly trickling in uh, some post-Toy Fair sorts of news, uh, in one case from an entirely different Toy Fair. Uh, and then we are going to talk about the exciting annual we got. Uh, technically, it's listed as the Transformers annual. It's, it's pretty much an Optimus Prime annual. Uh, but we will be discussing that in the second part of our show. Uh, to begin with, uh, like I said, we have pictures from the Australian Toy Fair uh, with some toys. I don't know if they weren't ready for the U.S. one yet or what the situation was, but or or maybe maybe just no one cared or took pictures of them. But we have pictures now of Misfire and Slug Slinger. Yay! And that includes and- the like uh, sort of CG-ish render official yes, pictures. The, uh- Press release stock media. Yes. So uh, I, I I take a little issue with the notes here saying that no one cares about Slug Slinger because I care about Slug Slinger. You know why I care about Slug Slinger? Why? What piece of fiction was he in that had a thing? Was he in any fiction? Nothing, because he's blue and white. <laughs> he's... We've gotten so much blue and white in this line. I know it's great. It never I ends. It. I want all of it. I'm just gonna but just gonna I have all more... of it. Can we Magenta? please get some more variety of blue and other color or other color and white? <laughs> you know, I I would like to say that Misfire is the color that Hot Rod should have been. Yes. Yes he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Misfire is gloriously just blinding magenta. Yes, he has no shame about being just straight up plain old magenta. Oh, sorry, I knocked some things over. Uh, but yes, they are both. We're totally getting a double header out of this slug slinger, aren't we? Probably. Uh? <laughs> Someone even fewer people care about. I'm just glad to have my three favorite jets from G1 again. If I can find Trigger Happy and these guys. Slug Slinger was always like the also ran. It's like, Misfire, great! Trigger Happy, he's got so many guns! And and then there's Slug Slinger over there. Aww. I mean, I I admit that I I do like Misfire for the same reason that, you know, presumably James Roberts decided to write him into stories, is that he had that sort of, you know, interesting... He had that good seed of a character... And, uh, in also, he was like one of the lives. most articulated G1 characters. He just had like that rockets too. for kneecaps. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point, especially around then. He's one of the few guys that had shoulders, elbows, wrists, knees, and hips. Nobody yeah, else by, did that in G1. By then, I mean the the early stuff the microman stuff that that would occasionally have unnecessary joints but definitely by that point in the line by 87 you didn't really see stuff with articulation that wasn't part of its transformation so that was you know that was a good thing about him also you know he's he's in awesome fiction and now his head comes off <laughs> <laughs> 
So, because <laughs> everybody's heads have to come off. Uh, he has... No, those those look a lot like uh, Hot Rod's guns, but they're not really. They're just very sort of similar. I keep forgetting that their guns, like, turn into things for their little head dudes to hang out in. Because, I don't know, it's it's neat. I like it. It's just not something I necessarily always expect. These Titan's Return is a lot more playable <laughs> than a lot of stuff we've gotten recently. So it's it's mm, pretty cool. So good. And it looks like they had a fun little setup at that toy fair where they debuted these guys. Yeah. Uh Slug Slinger is such pretty colors though. Uh but yeah, that was in Australia. Uh so yes, Ozformers has a bunch of pictures from their Facebook page because apparently Toy Fair Australia is easier to get into than Toy Fair US. Unsurprisingly, because I don't know, things are hard to get into like that here. I'm surprised how comprehensive a lot of the stuff is. It's better set up than we get at BotCon a lot of the time where like they've got in packaging and out of packaging in both modes for every toy. And they've got the G1 versions for characters who are updates of a G1 version. Yeah, mm. that's that's a really cool detail. But yeah, it does look... I, mean, I would say it looks more like the sort of setup that you would see at BotCon than what they usually have at Toy Fair. So it looks a lot more like... I don't know. Consumer-oriented versus... True, it seems less targeted at a retail buyer who would be less concerned with some of the details that a fan might be. Yeah. So, uh... And also, Trypticon looks huge. Yeah, I didn't realize quite how big he was... Because they got pictures of him with G1 Trypticon, and he's like almost twice the size and twice as long. G G1 Trypticon is the size of Titan's Return Trypticon's leg. Yeah. I think what you need to know is the picture that they have of uh, Trypticon <clears throat> with Generations Metroplex, because he's he's pretty much well, that big. The, yeah, but well, that that that's a point of reference I don't have. I have uh, G one Trypticon. I don't have Fortress Maximus or Metroplex or anything. And in one of the photos, they have the uh, G1 Trypticon in front of him, so he's just going, don't talk to me or my robot son ever again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> my unarticulated That's pretty robots. much what a lot of these photos are, because they got sea spray and new spree spray that the jump starters and all their sons. <laughs> they have all their sons with them. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool setup, and... uh but yeah, it's it's nice having the definitely having the G1 stuff there is much more of a a consumer oriented fan oriented thing than a a buyer oriented thing. Uh so it's it's pretty cool setup, definitely worth pulling up those pictures, taking a look at how giant Trypticon is. I mean, I <laughs> I'm I'm sure I've <laughs> mentioned already that I am disappointed that he will not walk, but I mean, come on. He's hmm. kind of big for that. <laughs> but he should walk. He's got the foot things. Why does he have the, the purple foot things? If yeah, that is kind walk? of weird. He still has the spacers that allow him to walk, but he doesn't walk. 
I mean, I guess it might also stabilize him just in general. It is just very interesting that they're doing one of these that's not just your standard bipedal, you know, what we've gotten so far. He's more or less, I'm not going to say dinosaur shaped. I'm going to say bad 80s idea of dinosaur shaped. He's kaiju shaped. Godzilla shaped. Yeah, he's Godzilla yeah. shaped. So, which is appropriate. Uh, why can't he be shaped more like one of the newer Godzillas, though? He's he's shaped like old Godzilla. Where's Shin Trypticon with creepy <laughs> fish eyes and shooting Aww, lasers yeah. everywhere? I, I forget whether it was on here that I was saying that Metroplex as a character was always a bit more of a kaiju than a person. And, and that was part of why I sold him and replaced him with Fort Max. <laughs> Who, as we discussed on Stasis Pod, Cerebros asked them to euthanize him. So he is much more up my alley as a character. <laughs> so screwed up. Uh, so, yeah, there are pictures of that out there uh, for those who have G1 Trypticon to compare to. There's that uh, for those who have Metroplex or Fort Max. He's basically that big, so he's going to be huge. Uh, we also had some other toy pictures for toys that we are never actually going to have, uh, also tying into uh, what we've been doing over on Stasis Pod, because over there we have moved on to Transformers Animated. Uh, and apparently they were going to do, based on uh, the Windblade toy, they were going to do a sort of robot sorry, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's not gonna happen. If you wanna do some, uh, do some kit bashing, do some customization, there you go. Uh, but yeah. Seems it, like FunPub is holding up at least one tradition of when losing the license to reveal good ideas that people are like, oh, I would have actually wanted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe Hasbro shouldn't say no to so many things. Uh, so yeah. Apparently this was from that fan book or the doujinshi we were talking about uh, last time. Oh, neat. Oh. And uh, it was from a proposal for a botcon set that would have been Optimus Prime, Ratchet, Sentinel Prime, Sari, and Yoketron as <gasps> non-animated versions of the animated characters <laughs> versus a Headmaster-controlled Starscream, Lugnut, Wasp, Alita-1, and Rekgar. That's pretty cool. So I don't know why you need a non-animated version of Ratchet or Optimus Prime that's called every other Ratchet or Optimus Prime. Yeah. But yes. But yeah, that that sounds really interesting, and I guess we're I I want to be mean and say something about how well it's you know worth losing that to not have to deal with them running the the show anymore. But that's because I'm a mean person. So, yeah, that's, so was this, does, are these scans that are being released as a promotional thing, or does someone actually have this thing in their possession? Uh, someone definitely was scanning it and showing it to, uh, Derek Wyatt. Okay, okay, well, uh, which, which makes me wonder how, how much they are on eBay already. Uh, but yeah, I guess if that's, if, if you have a big chunk of money, you can go out and buy that thing now, apparently. 
Uh, so that is our news thus far for the week. Uh, so we have, yay, Transformers Annual 2017, uh, which, like I said, is pretty much an Optimus Prime annual. Uh, it's God, about... I'm 2016 issues behind on this series. <laughs> I know, right? It's like you thought Detective Comics was, was bad. So, yeah, it's no, got... Detective Comics as published by Detective Comics Comics. <laughs> So it's about Optimus Prime and Pyra Magna and Starscream doing stuff, doing telling stories, talking to themselves. Hanging out in a cave. Yes, hanging out in a cave. I did not. I did not expect the theme of this to be hallucinations. (laughs) Yeah. That's an interesting theme, though. Yeah. I I would like to point out that the whole thing with the Cosmic Rust stuff is totally like actual cartoon stuff. Uh, the little rhyme there is the message that the Decepticons find on the planet. The name of the planet is the name of the planet from the episode. The saddest thing is I did not even have to look that up, but that's because that is a very oh. Perceptor-heavy episode. So I, I liked watching oh. it a lot. But, uh, I think my favorite part of that episode is, is pretty close to the beginning when they talk about an Autobot colony that was well established at the dawn of time. And that, uh, that, that seems kind of paradoxical. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not how time works. Uh, so yeah, that was neat to have something that was just such a, a heavy, like, such a direct cartoon influence uh, without, I don't know, any of the stupid stuff. But, yeah, that's... I, I just want to, to confirm for those who might be curious that that was absolutely stuff from the actual episode. Oh. Good job. Also, uh, there's there's ladies having relationships with ladies. It's pretty great. Uh, we have confirmation yeah, that the... The two car ladies from Victorian are, in fact, uh, conjuncts in Duray, uh, which is cool. I like that. Just friends. A friend of mine was like, there's something about this. One of my friends who listens to this, hello. It's like, there's, there's one thing in this you're really going to like. It's like, oh. So I'm, I'm assuming that that's, that had to be it. Uh, so yeah, that I like was the idea that the torchbears have been around for a very long time and membership has been fluid over time. Yeah, that's Yeah, neat. that's and you know, they they were only recently I mean we knew they only recently became a combiner because that was sort of the the whole point of that combiners. first issue where they show up. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's uh it gives a little backstory and I've I've talked before about how much I appreciate it when individual combiner characters actually get paid attention to. Uh, because I like, you know, relationships between characters, not necessarily romantic, just like having, just interacting with each other in meaningful ways. And combiner teams are that sort of, you know, family dynamic. Uh, so, so yeah, that was really nice to get some backstory there. We got some backstory about Bumblebee, uh, which had oh, yeah, really- Bumblebee's a- backstory is odd. Well, it was, like, it, it's a detective story and, and there's just odd little bits in there. Like the first 
paying all of that, there, there's two female Transformers on Cybertron. Well, they have lips and eye makeup, so that's different. Maybe they're goths. Possibly. <laughs> well, one of them looks like he's a fan of Jim. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, Bumblebee has nightmares. Bumblebee's origin is he had nightmares. He got arrested because he turned himself in because he was blowing shit up in his sleep. He was well, a sleep not terror. Really, I mean, it's not Who really so much his, his origin story. I mean, it is in that, you know, it's, it's about well, how. In relation to Autobots. Yeah, how he got involved in all that, but. It's not really a, a big overall sort of origin story. It's it's no. the thing, it's the event that got him involved with Optimus Prime and Prowl, but it's not like, you know, it, it shaped who he is as a person. Uh, and that uh, story has art from Josh Perez, which was really, it's very cartoony in a very, <laughs> a way that very much fits Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very okay. big-eyed and... It's neat, except for one thing that bugs the hell out of me. Soundwave with his helmet off. He has a face. (laughs) Yeah, that that ain't right. That That, that that ain't right. That's so very wrong. There's no point to him having the helmet off. I like Bumblebee hanging out with Cliffjumper and Hubcap. Yeah, that's cute. But yeah, he's well, he's got to have some sort of neural things put on him. But like. Why? They could be why? trapped elsewhere on his body or to his helmet. Yeah, or or, like, um, face. or if you're gonna do that, just take the top of the helmet. Why is the face mask off? Why does he have a nose and a mouth underneath it? That is just wrong. Also, Are they trying to imply for future world building that he specifically got the helmet because it looks like the Decepticon logo? Oh, maybe. Also, maybe? Ravage showing up in that just made me really sad. Oh, you Ravage yeah, comes from I, I miss Ravage, but I was also kind of annoyed that they had him, because he had his mouth full in the last thing he was saying, ruin that Ruby Roo voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a toad. Ritz, Ritz, we're out of here. It's like, what? 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 Ravage? No. No, Ravage. Also, Farrak, who is probably, I mean, he's not that developed exactly, but he's probably the best developed cover-up for an art error that that I have seen in in comics in a while. Yeah, where here he's just well, he's... I'm wondering if he's included in this because someone got a BotCon toy recently. <laughs> Maybe. Or, or what, I mean, was he a subscription uh, toy or something? I don't know. Hasn't uh, Josh Perez been involved with some of the Convention stuff? Uh, maybe? I mean, admittedly, that would be, you know, John Barber writing it in, but I don't know how... I don't know where they sit along the Marvel scripting style versus the more formal DC scripting style. That probably doesn't make sense. Chris has done uh, artwork for fun pub stories. I was going to say, that probably doesn't make sense to anyone who has not extensively researched possibly writing for comics. But but yes, there's a lot more artistic leeway in some scripting styles that would let you, for instance, draw whoever you want for a particular role, and then when the writer does it, they're just, oh, this is oh. so-and-so. I just noticed that the art or credits page, there's three colorists 
but one artist, Priscilla Trey Montano. It, usually it's the other way around. Oh. So, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about the first story getting into mental health issues and isolation from friends and stuff like that, and then solving it with, oh, it's a completely external thing, you're completely fine. Yeah. Like, I yeah. liked that it was getting into it, and then I was like, oh, that kind of makes getting into it in the first place worse. Yeah, it, it was kind of an easy out. It's like, hey, we just have to shoot the Decepticons, and problem solved. Yeah, it's... Also... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to kind of change direction. You go I ahead. I like that they're scrounge, but... <laughs> but, but yes, yes, that's... Scrounge is good. Scrounge is always welcome. Uh, but yeah, that was sort of, I mean, on the one hand, yeah, but on the other hand, otherwise what you end up doing is having this whole weird thing about Bumblebee having potentially supernatural hallucinations that make him kill people. And maybe that wasn't, it would be something that would be interesting to do with a different character. I. It'd be nicer if it was a little bit more open-ended. Like, they did something to stop the Decepticons, and the dream seemed to stop, but, like, not a one-to-one correlation. Mm-hmm. And then Bumblebee gives Soundwave a speech about how they're hurting actual people, and that's not cool, and maybe that's why Soundwave is not a total asshole in the modern day. And no longer working on his remote Nemo surgery experiment. <laughs> Long range. Yeah, that's uh, that's some pretty messed up stuff. That's yeah. definitely... On the one hand, it's a great one-off MacGuffin. On the other hand, that seems like a big deal. Yeah. yeah that seems like something somebody should up. still be using. Especially since yeah. Shockwave is right there. Like, you know he's not throwing out research. No. Yeah. He doesn't believe in throwing out research. It's not science. Science! Bumblebee story did get the lion of the issue, in my opinion, though. Hmm. Which one? Prowl commenting on Bumblebee fighting the Decepticons with, oh no, he's one of those guys. The kind <laughs> that quips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not that. Damn it. You're so annoying. Uh, but yes, then... Pyra Magna talks about a uh, time that she with the torchbearers and a, a leader who is no longer among them went to help out a little frontier town uh, and and oh, ran into the car girls before they were all painted the same color scheme that I'm starting to get tired of. They're more colorful. Yes. Yeah, Even though one of them just white all... and blue. Yeah, well. As we've established, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Jumpstream is all white and, and like, misfire pink and blue-faced and, yeah, dust up is all blue. But, uh, but yeah, there's stuff that happens, uh, it involves Onyx Prime, uh, and dealing with the idea of the Primes as not necessarily inherently good forces and it's it's pretty deep it's, it's heavy man it's heavy stuff uh but yeah there's but it, some it's onyx stuff. primal in the, that pose again the, the pose that in the first official artwork kind of makes him look like he has a giant 
phallus. It's drawn easier to follow here. It's like, oh, he's just a centaur with wings. Okay, he's not packing robo-wood. Yeah, I I did just, I did take that as his kneecap rather than, you know, a big pointy dong. <laughs> Unfortunate. You know. Yes. It's a lot clearer here than that first artwork, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But also Rust Dust lost her conjuncts and sad. Oh. And they're well, beast robots. And Pyromagot, well, they lost their previous leader who was long Apparently name not I that couldn't great. pronounce. Yes. She had a neat design. I really liked her head, but <laughs> that. So yeah, that seems I'm I'm getting back to it. Presidia Magna. Which Presidia. Previous yes. Magna? Is that what it means? <laughs> the preceding Magna? I would hope not. That's a bit on the nose. Yeah. Also a sure sign that you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the hero in this story. But yeah, this this definitely... It can't be that on the nose. She didn't have a nose. <laughs> Good job. But, but yes, it definitely made me want to uh, take apart my combiners and pose them individually. As, you know, yeah, I like a good later. chance to do. Hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it ends with basically hinting that Bumblebee is still wandering around this tiny, squished singularity city and actually is talking to Starscream. Yeah, which has <sighs> always... That's always been my thought. It, I have never really thought that, oh, he's actually a ghost or... <laughs> okay, maybe Starscream's crazy, but it's... It, Pretty much, it's like, yeah, Bumblebee is not dead, dead. Because it's no fun yeah. that way. And it it's just... a comic book, and he's a prominent character. He's yes. not dead. <laughs> well, also, I I felt that uh, that was the case mostly just because he just seemed too independent and contrary to necessarily just be a voice inside Starscream's head. Like, yeah. he didn't seem like he was always just saying whatever Starscream would expect him to say. So Yeah, that's... he wasn't like just Starscream's version of Bumblebee. It seemed like actual Bumblebee. Yeah, I think that's the, the big thing for me, is that he just seemed, you know, not to be filtered through Starscream's own thoughts and, and memories. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. We'll see if, if anything mm. comes of that or if Bumblebee just actually ends up wandering through this horrible pocket dimension forever, which is kind of sad, but at least I guess he can bother Starscream. I, I think it's interesting that when he's appearing to Starscream, he's kind of appearing in his Cybertronian War for Cybertron-esque toy mode, yeah. and then when he's actually in there, he's in the Generations toy we got around 2013 mode. Yeah. Well, wasn't that uh, wait, the one isn't that he... the body he died in? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, yeah, that's so probably long. right, but you'd think he'd either be presenting himself to Starscream in that body too if it was actually some kind of psychic projection thing well, going on. Well, maybe well, he doesn't... Unless it's... <laughs> maybe he hasn't had it long enough to think of that as himself yet. 
Well, or it's just like Starscream's the one doing the projecting, but Bumblebee is talking to him. Like it's he's slightly mad, but not fully mad. <laughs> or Bumblebee just managed to overhear from inside the singularity, and it is Starscream hallucinating anyway. Hmm, that is also a possibility. Oh, oh, that would, that, that I would like that twist. It's like, yeah, no, I, I only talked to you that once when you were by the, the mini black hole that is sitting in a cave that, shouldn't there be a door on that cave? There's a tiny yeah. black hole just sitting there. Well, I mean, it's not like people are gonna come up and touch it. I mean, they might, but. Ah. There should maybe be, like, a sign put up out front or something. Something, yeah. a guard. Like, you'd think there'd at least be one insane, non-aligned transformer who'd wander in there and worship it and start a cult. I want to write that story. And <laughs> 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 yeah, it to IDW. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a shame they don't have the spotlight stuff anymore. That's that's the the sad that's the tragedy of my existence well, is that it's well, a this, lot easier to break into stuff as an artist than as a writer. The spotlights were a blessing and a curse. I mean, I suppose they're what got us Nick Roche. Okay, that's they true. were a they were a blessing for basically people breaking into it. You know, for, for people who were just trying to, trying to get something out there that was, that was interesting and, you know, it was an entry point. Yeah. I loved that for a while they, like, specifically brought them back to include his pack in toys too. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. yeah. I always liked the gimmick of including a comic with an action figure. Yeah. I I liked it back in the early 90s when they did it with Aliens. I liked those. Oh, I loved it back when they did it with Marvel Legends. That was that was good too. That was good too. But yeah, that is it for this week. Uh do you know if we have any comics next week? I'm guessing we probably don't cuz things probably not. Let me check. Alex. I should look this up earlier. That's okay. Unless we're getting another you annual one... by doubt it. Oh, um the Transformers vs. G.I. Joe, the movie, the comic by Tom Scioli's Madness. Yes. Coming out that's not for an, yeah, another month or something? Like it's next, no, it's not coming out next week, but it's It's coming out late this month, like the twenty something. Yeah. Ah. We uh our our friend Rob from over on Stasis Pod has not offered so much as requested to to come talk to us about that comic. So we will be having him on when that comes out. Uh, nothing Transformers branded, but we do have Revolutionaries number three next week. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, well. And I be- if I recall correctly, that is the uh, team book that includes Cup, and apparently Soundwave has something going on in the current mm-hmm. plotline. Ooh. Yeah, we should catch up on those. It's very, yeah, very ambitious. Yeah, I should read one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, actually, actually, like two of them. I think those. I did read one. It's important. It'll be, I've just gotten like crossover burnt lately because the Marvel stuff and like, unless it's in the regular pull list, I don't get the crossovers. 
what what happened to the me who used to like watch every episode of Energon because because it was it was Transformers fiction and I had to yeah well that and we got on it's all we had yeah I think that's the biggest thing is that was all we had whereas now there's just so much out there it's like with toys it's I was completest for a couple lines and now it's like there's so much stuff that now we we're going to have three toy lines at once no four toy lines the generations the movie the um what about ranking robots in disguise and rescue bots plus much lots of little itty bitty merchandising whatever weird thingies uh, yeah. I was mistaken. Transformers vs. G.I. Joe is not until May. Okay. Oh. Well, oh. in May. On the other hand, mm-hmm. yep, in May we will have uh, Rob on here to talk about it. And, yes. Hey, it's a movie adaptation. I might read it myself without reading the source material. Yeah. He will be our buddy. Oh, and, and holy crap, March 29th is stacked for comics. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Is that just when everything comes out? We get Optimus Prime number five, Revolutionaries number four, Lost Light number four, Till All Are One number eight. Yikes. Oh, that is many. Oh, I'm going to have to mark that week off on my calendar. Filled with multitudes. Yes. Be very busy. Well, until then, and, and until next week, uh, we'll call it a night now. This has been Jen. And Alex. And David. Underground Radio is hosted by IaconUnderground.net. We are listener-supported through Patreon, where you can help us cover the cost of running this show and our other podcast, Stasis Pod, at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. We are on Twitter at IaconUG, Tumblr at IaconUnderground.tumblr.com, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash IaconUnderground.